1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 252 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The West Brom jacket. No. <laughs> I did that last week. Now, yeah, the Wolf 77 Club. Tell you what, the socials have been popping off, haven't they? For everyone, I think, the last few days. Yeah, the Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. We're also on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. So Dan Bailey is here. Hello. And Jack Williams. Hi, everybody. Well, um, how are we all feeling, gents? Because uh, this feeling doesn't happen too often, as we were very much reminded in the build-up to this game. Um, well, Jack, I'm going to start with you because um, we'll, we'll have a quick quiz. Uh, true or false, it was a great idea to go for a curry and beers on Saturday night. <laughs> that was a bad idea, Sam. It is I, false. I agree, yes. I, I yeah. thought that if we were, were careful and only started drinking about 4pm, that it mm-hmm. wouldn't be that bad the next mm-hmm. morning. But it turns out I was wrong when I was being sick in the kitchen sink, waiting for the taxi to pick me up at half seven. Um, I went out to the game in the same clothes I had on the night before, which I'd also slept in. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise that. <laughs> I didn't realise that. Yeah, I looked classy. <laughs> I looked classy. Oh, wow. Incredible. Um, now, you were starting, I think you started off with uh, Stourbridge. Was it Stourbridge, Weatherspoons? I think that was the, the first port of call. Yeah, so uh, got there at just after eight o'clock, I think, when it opened. And uh, fair play to it, the people who uh, reached out to say I was wrong last week when I said it started serving at nine o'clock. It was actually eight o'clock because that uh, was really helpful information. So we got there just after. Um, and there was already a massive queue at the bar. So I, I, I think basically what had happened is the poor people who'd been put on the Sunday morning shift, which is usually completely dead, there was basically two members of staff running the whole thing. And by the time it reached about quarter past nine, I don't think there was a spare table in the place. So it was, yeah, it was a, a brutal one if you're working there on the bar. But, you know, all good. Open early for beer, easy to get into the ground um, and just top it up from the night before, personally, to be honest. I started off on the shandy because I, I was I was rough when I got there, to be honest. I was trying very hard not to be sick in that taxi up there from Starport and started off on the shandy and finished off with two Jager bombs. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry, I think you've moved on to uh, the JD and Coke pretty quickly around, it must have been 10, half 10, uh, another, another poor decision there. <laughs> Really bad idea, yeah. Really bad idea. Um, yeah, it was. It was a bit. I mean, I think we were just all trying to um, get over the nerves a bit, wasn't we? Cause I, all week I was all right, and then when it got to like Saturday, all of a sudden I was really nervous. Um, can't imagine what it's like for Jack being there, but 
the build up and that, and then the way the I know we're going to get onto it, but the way the game started as well, that didn't help the nerves. But yeah, it helped being a bit worse for wear watching it at times because although it hasn't, it's been a long time. I know the, the COVID one, like I've said before, he was still gutting that they beat us to that one at Molyneux, but when it's a crowd and that, it just feels like there's a lot more to it. And yeah, the nerves are always there for this fixture. I don't know what it is. It's a bitter rivalry and it don't ever get any easier. Uh, Danny, it was a pretty textbook morning for us, wasn't it really? Uh, you know, bacon and sausage sandwiches or whatever it was in the morning and, and, and gearing up in that way. But it, Harry is right. The closer and closer it got to kick off, we were all saying to each other, weren't we? We were like, oh my God, this is starting to feel a little bit more real now. I mean, it's nice to have that feeling back because we haven't had it realistically for 12 years. And it's, it's, you know, I don't think we count the COVID one. Yeah, I think now we can look back on it with a smug grin on our face. It was a really enjoyable sort of day, but that sort of our pre-kickoff, it did feel like a proper game. It was, it was great, right? There was an atmosphere. You could feel it. The pundits... No matter how much they tried to talk about Jurgen Klopp, actually did talk about the game and what it meant to people, and it meant a lot to us. And you know, we were in a little pub in a small town, and it was packed. So yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. It, it's exactly what you be you what you're a football fan for. That's that's why you go to you watch bad games, you watch yourselves lose. You you these highs are, are what it's all about, and it was it was brilliant. I don't think the grin has gone from my face since. Or the hangover. Sorry, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're from my HR department, that went uh, precisely <laughs> 9 a.m. on Monday morning. <laughs> the, the man is a machine, I must say, so I don't know how he does it. Um, Jack, the goal, the first goal, pretty much came out of nowhere. I think the video that was doing the rounds was from um, from the West Brom fans and going, oh, it'll be absolute limbs if we score from this corner. They take the shittest corner, I think, I've seen for a very, very long time, and that's coming from me, a Wolves fan. Hit them on the break. Mac Doherty, sublime ball through to Neto. Uh, and then we have like a mini sort of Neves Derby County moment where, where lots of the Albion fans go, wee, because they think they've, <laughs> he's fucked it up. And then he obviously puts it past the keeper. Yeah, I think we thought that he fucked it up as well, to be honest. from Because uh, mm-hmm. obviously that Neto goal was at the opposite end to where the Wolves fans are. Um, it's a great interception by Doherty, as you say. And then before you know it, we're, we're away. And we think, oh yeah, we're in here. And then they get a foot in, but they don't clear it properly. And before they know it, Neto does really, really well. Because I thought in real time that that took a deflection. That's what's wrong for the keeper. But obviously watching it back now, he just smacks it uh, back where he came from and just completely caught everybody off guard, really. And yeah, that little that little way was, uh, was uh, you know, priceless, really. It's one of those funny things. Um, but, but to be honest, I was, I was a little bit worried, particularly after the first... 15, 20 minutes when we're giving away free headers to them in the bloody eight yard, eight yards away from the goal and these sorts of things. It, it, you know, I, I did turn to my friend at one point and say, are we going to lose it? Because like, they seemed to be the ones who were a bit more on it than we were. And we didn't create an awful lot. But I think we did have, particularly as the game went on, we had those moments of quality, really. But when that first goal went in, it was obviously just carnage. And I was just trying very hard to not fall down a massive load of steps because I was stood on the aisle, to be honest. You know what it's like? And the next day, you look at your knees. You're like, oh, why well, I've got all these marks on my knees? It's because you've been pushing against the seat in front of oh, you and people have, been, people have been rolling everywhere. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect, really. And, you know, the atmosphere, the atmosphere was interesting. But it, let's say before the game and everything, it was... Uh, you know, there was a lot of, lot of uh, it was lively, should we say, even even before it all actually properly kicked off in the second half. But when that goal goes in, it's just just euphoria, really, particularly when we've not been at our best for the for the 
well, up until the point of the goal, really. I don't think I don't think we were anything but convinced. I, I disagree. Much, much relief uh, more than anything else, I think, from, from my point of view. It is a bit of relief when we scored the goal, but I think Wolves did a professional job on them. The Albion were always going to come at us, right? Underdogs, team from the lower side, playing at home in front of a rowdy crowd of their own. They were always going to come at us, and I thought we took the pressure well. The free header is a bit of a bad one, and Wallace, wasn't it? Should have done it a bit better, but other than that, I thought we just contained them. And I, as it went on, you thought Wolves, Wolves are going to do them on the breaks. They're going to run out of steam, and it's exactly what happened. I thought they were pretty toothless, to be honest. Like, if that's a team that's, what well, are they somewhere down there in the sort of playoff area? They ain't going to do anything. They were bang average, absolutely bang average. Take the club badges away from the game. They're shite. Do you think, Harry, the, the the Albion fans just from start to finish didn't really get hold of the occasion? I mean, that they booed Craig Dawson every time he touched the ball. You know, he was with them for was it eight years? Was with them when Ten. they got relegated, and just just all of that, and then the, the booing starts, and obviously then it became a little bit more ill-tempered, and then poured into something after Cunha's goal. Yeah, I actually want to ask Jack something because which I envied, which I really wanted to like experience, was the liquidator. Jack, yeah, what was yeah. that like? So, like, as, as soon as like, actually, the one thing I will say is credit to West Brom, and I think a lot of Wolves fans would agree with this that their pre-match music was really, really good. Like the playlist we was properly getting back. everybody was properly getting everybody in the mood, and they played some absolute like sort of you know uh, indie bangers and everything. So it was it was a good listen in that few minutes before. Uh, before the game started. And then as soon as that first bit of the liquidator goes, they get excited because they want to sing what they want to sing. We get excited because we're going to sing it back at them. And it must have been incredible just to stand in the middle of the pitch and listen to it because everyone was just just going for it, really. And uh, everyone gets really excited and passionate then. It's, it's always the same like with Derby games. And it, even in the first half, you spend probably as much time watching the crowd as you do actually watching the game because everyone's just going for each other really let's be honest it's you know it's, it's it starts to simmer a little bit and then then as you know eventually it balled over which we'll talk about in a minute but you know the, the, the pre-game and everything the atmosphere was 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 great the, the little train ride in we got from um um Stourbridge Junction up to the Hawthorns mostly walls on there and like every time an Albion fan tried to get on there was there was just booing and like people not <laughs> met them on the train <laughs> it was you know it's, it's one of them really um so you know it's, it's quite quite funny uh but you know I didn't see any actual trouble or any fighting or anything before the game or anything like that it was all, all fairly okay massive police presence though obviously but um yeah it all it all started all started fine really and um, Harry we we're just showing, I think, a masterclass from the Nettos and the Cunhas of, of the world. Obviously, both of those getting the goal. Um, I think more people have maybe talked about Cunha's celebration as they have the actual goal itself, um, because I think he managed to ruffle so many, so many feathers um, <laughs> of those of those Hawthorne's birds um, just by saying, we own this place. Yeah, brilliant. And also, Neto's celebration when he did the ears and like he was just looking at him. I and mean, I thought Tommy Doyle on the day as well. Like, when we scored that goal, he was looking at the Albion fans, like smiling. And obviously, that bit when they were throwing bottles at him, he like turned around and pointed at his badge. Um, yeah, like, I've agreed with what a lot of people have been saying that we didn't really get out of first gear. Like, like I said, first 25, 30 minutes, I was very worried. Although, 
Albion, you know, they had a few tame headers. They did look the more likely, but when that counter-attack goal happened, it just settled all the nerves. And I thought one player I've got to pick out as well, like obviously Tommy Doyle, Cunha, Neto, all decent on the day, but Max Kilman for me, had a shout for man of the match. He was an absolute rock at the back. Led by example, I've criticised him a lot for not really being that leader. And I think with a lot of pressure that Dawson had on him, it kind of was Kilman's uh, time to, to stand out. And he did that one tackle he made. It was absolutely incredible. I think it was second half. You know, it was crucial. And yeah, he was brilliant at the back. And Tommy Doyle again. And it was funny in the pub when we were watching it though, because we were all praising him for his passing. But he hadn't made one pass wrong and then he like he messed a few up, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> As we were saying it. But yeah, incredible, um, incredible like game to win, in it? Like we were the better team. We're, like someone's put in the comments, not one of their players would get into our to our team at all. And uh, we're a much better team than them. And I'll stick by what I'll stick by what I said on the post match video I did on my channel. I don't like their kit, I don't like their sponsor, and it just showed on the day that their fan base is absolutely horrible. So yeah, and the hatred's just reignited now, isn't it? We probably weren't playing for another 10 years, but um, yeah, horrible club. I'm just glad we got in there and beat them because they've had, their, they've had so many days where they've had the last laugh and God, do they do they let you know about it as well? I mean, yeah, so they deserve one, don't they? And they can't take it. They cannot handle it. That's yeah. why they tried to get the match abandoned. That's why they tried to get yeah. it abandoned by getting off. Let's talk about the the trouble in the game, which which sort of overshadowed it for some people. And for some people, it was like, this is amazing. Um, this is what the derby is all about. I think, for me, I, I don't like to see it. But sometimes I think the passion, because this derby always seems to get left out. And I think when the round was drawn, and Jack made the point, I think, on either the podcast before last or um, the one before that, when... They were saying, you know, Wrexham have got Blackburn or, or whatever it is. Here are the big ties, and and the Black Country Derby wasn't on it. And you're just looking at, looking at the passion and the noise and the aggression, and you think this is up there with it. I think it's I think it's bigger than an old firm derby. Um, I think it's obviously more aggressive than a Merseyside derby. And I think it's all down to the fact that we just don't play each other that much. It's that one of the world's play. oldest derbies. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I walked into the office today where there's a few lads that are all football fans. And a Spurs fan down here said to me, first thing he said to me was, God, you went, fucking hell, I didn't realise it was like that. And I was like, yeah, it's a proper derby. I was telling you last week. And they're all sort of like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, thing is, in all fairness, it does sound like the trouble stemmed from the being a Wolves fan or two in the wrong end. But a Wolves but, fan is just... It's from what, so what I've, it's from what I've seen, from what I've seen and read in the last... 24, 48 hours, whatever it is. There was a Wolves fan or two in the wrong end. They celebrated the goal. few people said something. The stewards went up to grab him and kick him out. And then the bloke that looked like a scarecrow that ended up on the pitch. Fucking something right out of the gutter. Something right out of the gutter, wasn't he? Jesus, right. Sewer rat of the greatest order. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he, he kicks the guy down the stairs and then just runs on the pitch. And then it, and then for some reason, the stewards are taking out the Wolves fan, job done, and all the Albion fans kick off. And then a load from the Birmingham Road end start getting involved. And then for some reason, it kicks off near the Wolves fans for no re- other yeah. reason. 
Do you want me to give my account of what happened? Because I, I witnessed yes, it first. Yeah, yeah. You, you remember what happened? I, I remember what happened. It was it was the most fun thirty five minutes of, I think I've ever had while at a football ground, not watching any football. It was it was brilliant. So there was a few moments where it started to boil over a little bit, and I think the one was when Tommy Doyle was taking a corner. I don't know how much you could see of this on the TV. Uh, he was getting pelted by everything. Yeah. So there was coffee mugs, there was bottles, there was coins, there was lighters, there was like it, it was constant. The ref should have like put a stop to that straight away, but he was just like, "No, nah, just take the corner, mate. What's wrong with you?" And there's literally a, a coffee cup bounced off his head. So uh, you know, the, the ref didn't didn't had a chance to nip it in the bud then, and I don't think did very well in the circumstances. The other one was the one where Cuny gets taken out by their number five what's his name Bartley. Um, Bartley. Yeah. Um, that's another moment where it started to, to kick off a little bit because obviously you know he, he led with the elbow and it was a bit bad and then obviously the third thing was the fact we scored again which they, they, they did not like very much really particularly and also with the celebrations and then I think what happens is obviously yeah there's, there's Wolves fans or whatever in that one corner and they obviously can't contain themselves like like we said it'd be a very hard thing to do anyway because it's it, you know they've got some balls even doing it in the first place because it would we would be difficult and it's all kicked off over there and very many people have got involved and I think then what's happened is some of the police who are mainly focused on the complete opposite corner which is the corner where the Wolves fans and Albion fans are closest have got drawn away to deal with all that trouble down there and at that point, left too few people in between the gap where it's most likely to kick off. So you've got this situation where there's something kicked off in the family enclosure in one end. And then a few minutes later, in the exact opposite corner, it's kicking off in there as well. And the police took a, a long time to come in with all the riot gear and stuff. I don't think they were properly you know, prepared for it kicking off like that, particularly with the game being so being so early. And so it kicks off. They've, they've lost control of the stewards. Don't know what's going on. People have pushed forward into the stands in both areas. There's people like pushing to get onto the pitch. Before you know it, yeah, there's just loads of peasants running on the pitch, like Wurzel Gummidge and that lady who's trying to make the make the. the <laughs> they, just signed, they just signed a jack. But but there there was a few more as well. And the thing was they 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 weren't stopping the they weren't stopping people going to the pitch, particularly if they were just walking on. They were just like, What what's going on? They weren't noticing these people straight away who were like invading the pitch. And um and then the police come in and try, you know, try and tone it down and there's still there's stuff constantly flying like missiles between the two sets of fans in that one corner. The players are going into the stand to to you know get their kids out or whatever um mm, it was just oh, great really. entertainment really for my amazing because i was so so the, the albion fans right obviously they're giving it the oh the away end was quiet uh the wolves fans shouldn't have been the albion home end my countenance that big why on earth have albion done what they did giving season tickets at a plus one that's why a load of wolves fans managed to get in the home end so exactly. yeah like the wolves fans shouldn't celebrate but what i want to say as well jack is the, the away end, you were in there. No Wolves fans ran on that pitch or caused any trouble, really, did they? So you've got to think it's only going to be West Brom that are going to get fined off the back of all of this, surely. Well, you'd think so. I mean, they didn't control their fans. And I, I thought the days of season ticket holders being able to buy an extra ticket were just long gone because you don't know where those tickets end up. And that's exactly what's been proven what's happened, in, yeah. in, in this situation. But, you know, the Wolves fans were giving it on. They were jumping on the... Uh, the segregation bits and stuff and yeah. you know, these sorts of things like properly winding them up. But I, I don't think at any point they crossed the line into, into the field of play or anything. No. Basically what happened is we went 2-0 up. They used to beating us and they just had a massive tantrum live on ITV. And mm. that, that's all, the only way you can describe it really, honestly. 
So and it, it made me laugh. It was oh, brilliant. God. I saw, I saw, I think the Guardian on their YouTube channel put all the footage of like when the bit in that corner happened and all them people on the Brummie Road and ran over to that guy who was getting took out. And the top comment, like the most like comment at the top, where it said, someone must have dropped a pound in the corner. They're <laughs> 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 all rushing to try and get it. But that was a like 40 blokes running over to one Wolves fan. It's like, I don't know if you saw the bloke who was in the other corner though, but like, I honestly, I've I've never seen that much blood on a person in my life because he was walking, they'd obviously detained him and he'd had a a few hits to the head. But he looked like like the Avengers. He looked like he had a a red balaclava on. I was like, looked a bit closer. I was like, yeah, that's blood. Like, that guy, he's been done, isn't he? He was an Albion fan, wasn't he? He was an Albion fan. He got hit on the head by a clean baton, apparently, yeah. He was like fighting with the police and eating him on the head. There's a lot well, of the West Brom fans that say that was a Wolves fan. Like it was all them, really. Well, I'm not look Wolves fans. Did you see that lad who was wearing the white Stone Island top? Then he was like filming himself singing. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, West Brom. We're Wolves. He, it took him to the 80th minute to like start throwing him out, didn't it? And he was singing Wolves songs throughout the game. To be fair, so yeah. To to for for a start to be a Wolves fan and go in that Albion end and sing and cheer a goal like that, you've got to have a set of bollocks on you for a start. <laughs> yeah. Don't obviously yeah. condone it, but wow. But he got slapped about a bit, didn't he? He was getting punched on the way out and that. And But the main one, obviously, was the other bloke who um, was down by the players' uh, wives and all that and kids, which is bad to see him taking the kids out of the crowd and that. But it's the way... It's, they shouldn't have reacted like that. They should have let the stewards take the fans out, but it's a bitter derby, in it? So if it was in Molyneux and an Albion fan was in the South Bank... Bloody hell, he wouldn't be getting out that easy, would he? Let's be honest, it'd be the yeah. same sort of thing. So it's one of them things. This this is the, the, the thing we were saying just about it going under the radar as well. Because you see all these like posts off bloody either Twitter children or, you know, foreign fans. Oh, what's the best derby? And it's like, oh, it's, you know, the North London derby. Like, it's not. It's full of tourists now, isn't it? It's full of tourists. And I haven't seen anything like that happen in any of these big, big name derbies. Um, probably since, you know, going way back when to the, the 70s and 80s sort of thing. So the fact that happened and it happened on TV, it, it, I know it's kind of like mm. in a bad way, has put it on the map a little bit, I think. Um, yeah. But it, it's right. We, we knew what it was like, didn't we? Because we've all experienced it. And it's only really like these big six football fans or anything, he would say, it, it, you know, it, it's not as uh, not as feisty as some of the, uh, you know, the Man United Liverpools or the Arsenal Tottenham's or whatever else they, they make up. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I think I think we've all got to say categorically we didn't condone anything that happened in that part of the day, but that shows the passions and how it can overspill in football and that it needs to be better managed. It, it was a bit bad how the police sort of dealt with it. Maybe it was the Albion stewards. Maybe they weren't selling their tickets very well, but and, I thought the Wolves fans didn't do anything particularly wrong. They let off a few flares, which I'm not sure, I don't think you're allowed to do that, are you? Um, oh yeah, but you've got to do that, aren't you? That's fine. <laughs> That's part of the game. Just, yeah, yeah. The limbs when we scored the second one. Oh, the limbs. I've watched, I've watched that back. <laughs> I, don't know if you saw the bit, I can't remember which it was. I think it was the first goal. They didn't just light it. They just threw it straight into that away yeah, end of yeah. it. <laughs> 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 oh. But it, it was just, a, I think the Wolves fans were just laughing at the Albion fans and having a laugh, having a joke. And because obviously we've been on the other side of it so many times and obviously you've got, they go back to the studio and you can just see people like, you know, uh, shirts off around the head and stuff. And then presenters sort of saying that um, the police are getting everyone in order and hopefully we'll start the game. And then obviously Roy Keane goes, it's the job. Um, which <laughs> it got there eventually, but yeah, it prolonged the day. 
a little can bit we just, about uh, can we talk uh, can we also talk just a little bit about do that one I've got a point afterwards if there's VAR Sorry. in this game do you lads think that Bartley decking Cunha might have been more than a yellow no, maybe but just off the back of that I thought I thought Dawson was brilliant by the way when he ran up to Bartley after that and that's the Albion fan give it, keep replaying that clip as well going oh look what Bartley did to their star and then they, couldn't you win and scored the second about five-ten <laughs> minutes later but just on that how refreshing was the game without VAR by the way don't you think it was much better to watch you had no worries yeah, in the back right. of your head do, well, do you think there might have been a shout there? do you think there might have been a shout for Cunha's goal being offside because it I, were he was, he was on he was on it was, yeah, okay, listen, yeah. they it's hard, hard to tell yeah. but Okay, it's one of those where it might have been borderline, but okay, that's Oh, he, um, his toenail might have been off, but the still we saw it, after the goal went in, he was on. It, yeah, it, it was good without VAR, to be honest, because in a game like that as well, it's so important just being able to celebrate, because the last thing you want is to celebrate, set off your flares, throw them at the other fans, and then it gets disallowed. Yeah, you know, that put a real put a real dab did you, it. But... Jack, did you see what Cunha was doing at the time when he was pointing at the badge and saying, this is ours and all I, that? Or I, did you I, not see I, that? I, I, I still don't understand what he was doing. I thought he was doing something about a helicopter, but... Uh, that, no, that he, he, just, he was, he was giving a, it the, we own the black country. Yeah, this is ours. That's what I was getting on to. Is that yeah. O'Neill has clearly said something to the players in the week. He must have mm. shown them us losing games and showing the fans and stuff, saying, this is the one you win, lads. Well, the, the, Neto celebration, the Neto celebration was in response to, remember they beat us 3-2 and one of their players did it? That's why Neto did that. Yeah, that yeah. was a, like, you know, a bit of homage to that. So brilliant. Gary O'Neill as well. I sent a clip of him at the end, going up to the away end, doing the oh, fist pump. Yeah. Brilliant. Like, you, that's, pumping, yeah. that's out of character for him, really, isn't it? So he was getting carried away as well, which we like to see. Yeah, I, well, I think, you know, anywhere out, what well, you're probably inside, actually, the, the Wolf social media and Twitter, Twitter sphere for, for the club, you know, you, you can see how important it is. And, you know, even the pre match build up would have sort of said exactly the same as well. <clears throat> right, okay. Um, we'll leave the Black Country Derby win uh, and move on to... Um, actually, who, who we've got in Brighton at home in the next round. Um, oh, yeah. Is, 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 there a, is there a path to Wembley, Bayless? Uh, at time of recording, they're 3-0 down to Luton. So, so yeah, they could <laughs> uh, There is a path. <laughs> It was a damn difficult draw. I, Brighton have got to be up there as one of the sort of best of the rest that could go a long way in the competition. But they have been a bit hit and miss recently. And we could have shit out to win at their place where I've only ever seen us win there once, I think. Um, so We're at home. Yeah, maybe their edges come off a little bit recently, especially being 3-0 down to Luton. So there is a path there. There is a path. I'd love a nice, a, a bit of an easier quarterfinal. <laughs> but, They've um, also got... Um... They're in best in Europe, aren't they? So when around that time they'll be have a Europeans fixtures on, which is got to be good for us. And I, I fancy us against most teams at Molyneux at the moment. So that's another really big factor for me. And if we win that, you never know. We might get heartbroken again at Wembley. Just looking at the comments here, and I'm just I'm just being reminded about all the other characters who sort of force their way, way onto the pitch. And you just gotta say, like, they can't call us dingles anymore. When you see the state of oh, like, so that, that, that's uh, like, oh my God, man. They need to go get and have a bath. Although, <laughs> did you see, I wish I thought it was hilarious. Did you see that clip of that Wolves fan with the eye patch on going yes, mad? Yeah. Zoomed in on it. <laughs> so my favourite was the one that was tapping the Premier League badge. I think that was Yeah. The, that Some was of the shots game. for all the game. Obviously, we met them very thousand days in the carrier bag and all that. There's so many shots uh, for the game. 
Brilliant. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I agree with the path to Wembley thing. I think all we could ask for really was a home draw, and it could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot better. We could have got a, t- a team in lower league opposition. Maidstone would have been brilliant for, for, for both them and for us. Um, but you, you can only ask for a home draw, particularly when there's no replays now. It's decided on the night, isn't it? So that that's yeah. got to be an advantage. So, in terms of the so-called big sides that are still in it, I mean. Arguably, you'd say Villa and Chelsea, one of those going through would, would be big. Uh, Liverpool, Man United and Man City. And and that's about it. You know, Newcastle with their their problems and their injuries. And you look at it, actually, I think, get Brighton out of the way. And that, that draw really does open up, Harry. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I shouldn't be, but I am confident we're going to get past Brighton. I was confident we'd get past Albion until the day before <laughs> um, but you've got to you've got to believe in us at the moment haven't you? I think Jack said it the other week the way we're playing at the moment you've got to fancy us especially at home and yeah and the way some of our players are playing like I mentioned Kilman Doyle is, is Gomez going to walk back in uh, Kilman never going to get onto the games coming up but we're playing really well at the moment and Gary O'Neill he's got the players to get that connection with the fans and beating your bitter rivals in the FA Cup is only going to help the spirit around the place and with the fans and that as well isn't it? so a cup run could happen, especially if we stay mid-table. So that's losing to Villa in the final then. Excellent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> um, next up, though, is uh, Premier League action. Jack, Manchester United at home. Um, I think it feels like a little bit of unfinished business from the first game of the season where the the first of the various the VAR debacles this season uh, kicked off with Anana on that occasion against Kalajic. Um, uh, this time round... What do you reckon is going to be the starting eleven? Oh, bloody hell. Um, this game, it, it, I, I know it's, you usually get really excited when you've got a Man United game coming up, don't you, particularly at home, but it's just been overshadowed by everything that's happened the last few days. So the, the two games we've got now, which that, that Brighton game, as I said last week, was the start of a very difficult run for us, I think, in the league. So Brighton and then Man United and Chelsea, three days apart, is is tough, isn't it, on paper? Yep. Um, the one thing I will say is I thought we looked a lot better when Aitnori Nori came on the other day, um, which is unsurprising. Aitnori Nori is, you know, uh, is you know, one of, been one of our best players this season. So I wouldn't tinker too much. Gomez will be available, won't he? The only thing you might think is, will he be fresh? I, I don't think anyone in, in the midfield, Doyle, doesn't deserve to be dropped or anything. But we've got three games in the space of a week basically so with while players are players are uh, you know injured or or away still um so i think yeah i think there could be some rotation coming on so it wouldn't surprise me if they did have to change a little bit and gomez started but hopefully i think eight nori deserves to start too uh, what do you reckon bayless um shore it up a bit obviously yeah gomez to come back in but but like we say uh, tommy Dawes and absolutely nothing to suggest no, that you should would not keep his place. I mean, yeah, there is a quick run of fixtures, so there's going to have to be some changes. What he decides to do, it'll be on all the sports scientists, I guess, saying who's more nasty than the than the others. But um, one of them will have to have a rest at some point. Doc, he didn't do a lot wrong, you know, and he got forward well. Like, it was him that read the assist. interception for the first goal. So, mm. you know, he's sort of vying for a starting spot again. So they're good problems to have, right? 
there's nothing wrong with having these problems. So I pick um, any of them. Yeah. So, and obviously yeah. Bayless, uh, eight Nori came on for Belgard, didn't he? He didn't come on yeah. for Doherty on the day. So yeah. I thought Belgard had a decent game as well against Albion. That he nearly scored that one, didn't he? When he put it yeah. just yeah. wide. So, but I do agree because we've got Manu Thursday and then it's Chelsea Sunday really quick. We might see Gomez just for that reason because it was a bit of a tough game when it's Sunday physically maybe on some of the players, but. It'd be very harsh to drop Tommy Doyle, but we might see Gomez against Chelsea, maybe. Um, and obviously, Belgard might rotate out eight, nor he might start with Doherty as well. He might do what he did in the second half against Albion, but that's what Gary O'Neill's paid to do. It's anyone's guess, to be honest. I'll be I think, surprised if he's knocked out to him. I think if you're O'Neill, you, you'll target the home game against Man United, given their inconsistent form. No Rashford. It's at Molyneux, where we're a strong team. That's that's the one to target, and then you assess it Friday morning and pick a as best team you can to go to Chelsea, sort of thing. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a good thing that I think the team selection for Albion set the tone, really, because I think everyone must have been happy with that on paper, really. So mm. you know, it shows that we are taking that competition seriously, and they knew how big it was because how depressed we would we have been if we'd have seen, you know, six changes or something and a few of the, the, the fringe players starting. It would have been really disheartening. And, uh, you know, the price we have to pay for that now is the fact that we've got a difficult run of fixtures coming up in quick succession where we're probably going to have to rotate a little bit. But, you know, it's it's fine. The, the, honestly, the way we're playing, it, I, I'd be shocked if we lose these next two. I think we'll get something from one of them. So, even Chelsea's with the quick turnaround. around. Chelsea's probably going to be tough. But... Well, we, do, we, don't, we don't get anything at Stamford Bridge ever, do we, really? It's... I've seen a straw there, the one all, yeah. Rouse. I went Rouse score. Uh, 2 yeah. 2, Cody, wasn't it? Was it under Bruno Large right at the end? Yeah. We, we no, 2 0 yeah. down. Yeah. Trinkow and Cody, yeah. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, no, there. yeah, Chelsea was tough. Sorry, mate. Yeah, we, so. we've, we've, sorry, yeah, we've been there and got results. Only draws, but we've got a couple of results there. Bloody Hazard yeah. scored oh, like the last that. kick of the game for them to equalise. We yeah, got the Yemenes one, one yeah. the one where Yemenes scored the first season. That's that was one. one, wasn't it? That's yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then we have the one recently, the two-two. Yeah, yeah, the two-two. So, yeah. But we were playing for nothing then, was we? But they're a different team now, yeah. aren't they? They're obviously going through a lot of uh, transition. But Man United, as you mentioned, bloody hell, they've got this Rashford stuff going on with him clubbing yeah. in Belfast and all that and disciplinary issues and I mean is it Newport they played they scored two against them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Newport can you'd fancy us to get a few goals against them but yeah it'd be interesting and hopefully we can get three points there uh, Bayless gives score prediction I think we're going to nick it I think we're going to nick it 1-0 interesting uh, Jack just because we ain't lost in a while. I think we're probably going to lose at this point, but let's say hopefully close. I'm going to go 2-1 Man United. Uh, Harry? I'll go the opposite to that. I hope uh, Thursday night's a bit of a weird fixture, isn't it? but hopefully we're on a bit of a high and I think we'll be on 2-1. 2-1. Uh, excellent. Uh, Dan, has your betting news? Only a couple because there's a lot of games in quick succession and that's all I've had time to get. Uh, walls. Can I just say oh, I was sorry. gutted. I was uh, Neto two one. Unbelievable. I was. Did you of... have? Did, uh, did you not have two nil in the bets last week? Play this Neto two nil, or did I make that was up? It, was it Neto two one? It was Neto two one. There's only about twelve quid in my betting account, so I definitely didn't have it. Ah <laughs> uh, right. I thought. I thought you said it for some reason, but it must be two one. Yeah, well, you won the day. And we yeah. we got really drunk, and I forgot that I had it. Um, <laughs> I've got 1-0, Pedro Neto to get the goal, 50-1. to 1. Then 2-1 Wolves, Cunha to get the first goal, 40-1. to 1. 
Now, a long outside shot, I, we could do what we did to Liverpool a couple of seasons ago. 3-0 Wolves, Craig Dawson score the first one, 350 to 1. The odds aren't great because there's a lot of games in quick succession and there's no like promos and stuff, but that's all I can roll off. Nice, I like that. Um, if one of those came in. Um, let's move on finally to uh, transfers. And it looks like Mario Lamina's brother, Noah, has joined. Uh, I think it's a loan with an option to buy Harry. Um, looks like a fairly exciting young prospect coming through at PSG. Yeah, we, we spoke about him, didn't we, when it was first rumoured. But the latest I heard before Fabrizio... Uh, tweeted it today, which pretty much confirms it, doesn't it, when he does it. But uh, I've seen Liam Keane said that they couldn't get a visa for him. They were really struggling to get a visa because he'd only played one time for... It wasn't PSG, was it? It was someone else he was on loan to. Um, but they must have sorted all that out and he'd be coming in. I think Jack said earlier, didn't he? He'd probably be in the under 23s or whatever for us. And then, yeah, but it'll keep Mario happy, won't it? Have a familiar face around the place. And let's hope he's got the potential to, if not, get in the team, which you'd hope he will, Maybe a bit of a bit of a profit on him eventually. That's what Foson like in it. So be interested to see how his career goes. There's um, some videos of him knocking around social media. I've seen. It's either him looking really skillful and beating a few players, or it's like Mike Bassett, where it's actually the keeper. But it's the goalkeeper. He did look. <laughs> he looked pretty handy. He can beat a man. Yeah, he looks like a tricky winger. I think that's probably the way you describe him. You've thought you'd probably go straight into the twenty threes, Jack. I mean, I, I think so, just because of the fact he has such such a low amount of first team experience. I think it was a club in Italy that he was on loan at, um, that some of the comments will sort of know. Yeah. And he's, he's made a handful of appearances. Um, so I, I'd be shocked if he's thrown into the, the first team picture immediately, but you know, saying that our bench is a bit light at the moment in it. So, you know, there could feasibly be a, pay, a place on that at some point in the not too distant future. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know the plan of him because he's just, apart from the name Lamina, he's just unknown, isn't he really in terms of his, uh, football ability and just because he's his brother doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be as good a player as him but you know they're taking that risk and he's obviously still young so lots of time to one progress. senior game of football for Sampdoria there we go so that doesn't scream Premier League starter for Wolves does it really but who knows future star <laughs> um, Broher from Chelsea seems to be the one that's doing the rounds and then not doing the rounds um, Harry Wolves wanted by looks things a straight loan Chelsea mm. are probably panicking about FFP and thinking we need to get some cash for our players, even though we put them on eight-year deals and it seemed like a good idea at the time. But you need to bring some success if that time frame is going to work. Otherwise, you're just going to get hammered every single year for about five years on FFP mm. if you don't get something back through the door. Yeah, I think Chelsea are pushing, as you mentioned, that we want just a load. They're pushing for like a big fee, like obligation to buy in the summer, aren't they? Um, it'd have been good to get someone like him, but I think now with that falling through, I don't think we're going to see a striker coming, are we? I don't think we are. It's Thursday, isn't it? The deadline, this Thursday coming up. So after United, that's it. So Fraser, step up, my boy, if we need you. But yeah, that's a shame about Roger, yeah, but there we go. We can't be splashing about ridiculous amounts of money, can we? We've got to be careful. No, and I think, you know, having, as we have done it over the last few seasons and the Guedeses of the world, and you just think, actually, I think the, I'd rather give the kids a go and we're doing okay without them. So. Yeah, but it's, again, it's, you, you're thinking back to the, the Bruno Large missed opportunity of Europe, aren't you? And I think if we don't at least strengthen the squad a bit now, we're, we're not going to get that. I know it's a long shot anyway. I'm a, I'm a realist, but any hope we've got of that, I think we'll, we'll, 
sort of be uh, peter out pretty quickly if we don't bring in any reinforcements apart from a player potentially who's going to be in the under 23s just having huang back at a, a unknown date in the future is not is not a new signing it's we've just done well to get through the period you know without these players and include Troy Ore and Ait Nuri in that so it's one of those where if they do want to play like that then you know fair enough but then we should be taking the cup a lot more seriously because I think it's the that, easiest that, that way into European competitions yeah. 100% yeah I think James Kay's comment James Key sorry the PSG striker, I forget his name now. That was rumoured. He reckons we're close to getting him. Neymar. I don't know who that is. Yeah, Neymar. No, was it Etika? Etiki? Yeah, young lad. Yeah, another young one. So maybe he'll come in. But four days to go. I mean, Fabrizio. I mean, nothing's happened though, has it? What, nothing's happened, not just Wolves. Yeah. What's happened in this transfer window that's not of note? Johnny, Johnny oh, we haven't mentioned that. We haven't mentioned Johnny, have we? Last pod we did, he hadn't actually left yet. His contract's been terminated, isn't it? Or... Mutually terminated, was it? Where's, where's he, he gone, gone to? Has he gone somewhere already? Greece on a free, apparently. Oh, uh, Greece it was he Greece. Definitely yeah. left yeah. Wolves, obviously. It's the, the official account put out that, which bit of a sad ending for Johnny, isn't it? But with his injuries and that, we all knew it was coming. But yeah, sad ending. For such a yeah, I mean, he, he was a great servant to the club and obviously some great times under him. And, and before those two ACLs, he was an incredible left back. And, and as a left wing back, Playing that sort of football that we hadn't seen before, um, you know, he was a joy to watch. Um, so yeah, it's, it's sad to see him go, but it's like it's it's another one now, isn't it? Of that that picture where it's only actually Doherty left, is it? Yeah, I it will think. be. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a game that like Johnny's last memorable performance people are remembering for was that Leeds loss four two. Oh yeah, shot. Yeah, great goal. But he was at fault for like two or two of the four Leeds goals when he, he got pulled off <laughs> to that bad. But I did actually watch him this season. He played against Blackpool in the League Cup at Molyneux. Obviously, it's Blackpool. But then I think, did he play against Ipswich as well in the round after? I can't remember now. I can't remember. Good question. Good question. But yeah, he was never getting <laughs> He was never But it's nice to have his wages off the uh, bill, isn't it? Because that'll help us with Big, big, big whack, yeah. Yeah, I imagine there was a, a couple of quids going out of the door every week for him. Um, in terms of Asian Cup, it is Australia versus South Korea, Huang's South Korea, Friday, 2nd of February, 3.30 kickoff. So we may have him back for after the Chelsea game. You never know. Uh, see what the Socceroos can do. Send him home early. But obviously, best of luck to him. Oh, sorry, Jack, I thought you were going to say something. It looked like you were poised. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. I mean, add. I don't... I was, I was, I think I'd fancy South Korea in that, but saying that, I haven't watched any of this tournament, so I don't know who's playing well or anything. But yeah, we'll see. Can I just mention, uh, we've got to mention it on Thursday uh, for Stuart, who passed away. Chris has got in touch, didn't he, to ask us to put out a tweet on the socials. Um, 41st minute, uh, minutes applause for him. I think he was only 42 years of age, South Bank season ticket holder. Yeah. Stuart Worley, um, yeah, suddenly died over Christmas. So Chris, who sits near us in the North Bank, knew him, knew him well. Uh, so the family have asked for like a minute's applause. He's gone around a lot of the wall socials now. So hopefully that happens for him because tragic, obviously. So hopefully that can be done. Yeah, 41st minute. Excellent. Right, well... Um... Go and check out some videos on Twitter. I know there's plenty that I haven't seen yet um, and absolutely soak in those West Bromwich Albion tears, everybody, and enjoy it. We earned it and it was fantastic. I will say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Yes, goodbye. Dan Bayliss. 
Soaked in Albion tears. Goodbye. <laughs> and Jack Williams. Ta-ra, everybody. And it is a goodbye for me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.